Hey friends, and welcome to episode 116 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's episode is all about adjusting to the beginning of daylight savings time. Honestly, it's about adjusting to any time change. Maybe you're doing some travel across time zones. Maybe you're finding this episode in the fall and we've gained an hour. Or maybe you're like me and you're just trying to adjust to springing forward. As this episode goes live, it's Monday, March 14th, 2022. And yesterday in the US, well, most of the US, we moved our clocks forward one hour to mark the beginning of daylight savings time. And as an unfortunate result today, there will likely be an increase in traffic accidents, heart attacks, and mood disorder issues. Sorry to kick off this episode by being a Debbie Downer, but it's the truth. Just a one-hour shift in time can throw off our internal body clocks in a big way. And somehow, even though spring forward has been a thing my entire life, it absolutely snuck up on me this year. Usually, all the tips around preparing for a time change involve changing your bedtime or wake times a few days leading up to the clock switch. But that ship has already sailed, for me at least. So today, I'm talking about why our bodies get so thrown off with a time change. I'll share three simple ways to help yourself adjust, even if you forgot to prep in advance like me. I'll talk about why you shouldn't reach for an extra cup of coffee to keep yourself awake. And finally, I'm diving into sleep hygiene, what it is and why it's so important. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and you're listening in the car while you're running errands or you're doing stuff around the house, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. But don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes. And today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 116. Also, if you are an It's About Time fan within driving distance to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you're going to want to listen up. Are you ready for a refresh on 2022? A do-over? A reset? What if you could hit the reset button on your diet, your time, and your messy house in just one afternoon while sipping mimosas with friends? You're invited to hit the reset button with me on Sunday, March 27th at the Spring Reset in Baton Rouge. The Spring Reset is an exclusive pop-up lifestyle workshop I'm hosting alongside Sarah Landry West of South Coast Organizers. You might remember Sarah from episode 73 and Kylie Arnold of Arnold Nutrition Coaching. We'll be sharing our secrets for managing your time, getting your house in order, and revamping your nutrition. First, we'll get settled in with bubbly mimosas and brunch nibbles, and then we'll workshop it up. Did I mention that all of this is happening at Red Stick Spice Company? That means we'll get to watch one of their amazing culinary instructors whip up shrimp and grits before we savor delicious scones and hot tea. Think of the spring reset as brunch with your besties meets being your best self. If you need a spring reset, head over to AnnaDCornick.com forward slash spring reset to grab your seat. You can also find the link in the show notes. 
There are only 20 seats available and they're already going fast. If you're in or near Baton Rouge, I would love to see you there. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. I think we can all agree that daylight savings time is the worst. We're going about our day-to-day lives when all of a sudden we're just supposed to change our clocks as if it's no big deal. The truth is, it is a big deal. As I mentioned at the start of this episode, losing an hour each spring has some pretty serious repercussions. There's an uptick in traffic accidents, it affects our mood, and there's even an increase in heart attacks. And if you're curious about what the stats are around falling back in the fall, it's actually the opposite. The first Monday after the time change, there are fewer accidents and a decrease in heart attacks. What's really amazing to me is how just one hour can make all the difference. A one-hour shift in your sleep schedule can have some pretty far-reaching effects. Just ask any parent of a newborn, baby, or even a toddler who is waking during the night. The struggle is real. So before we get into the how-tos for readjusting our internal clocks, I think it's important for us to first understand why we get thrown for such a loop when the time changes or when we travel across time zones. So let's start with daylight savings time. In a nutshell, the idea behind DST is to make the most of natural daylight. Spring, summer, and early fall days typically get dark later in the evening compared to late fall and winter days. You know, like in December when it basically feels like midnight at 4 p.m. Germany and Austria were the first countries to implement daylight savings in 1916, but a city in Canada was actually the first city in 1908. A New Zealand scientist came up with the idea in 1895. The idea is that if we shifted our clocks to have more daylight, then people would use less electricity. But we'd only shift our clocks during the summer so farmers wouldn't have to wake up and farm in the dark. So that's interesting because I actually thought that daylight savings time was created for the farmers, but it was actually created to save electricity. But we only save daylight from March until November, so farmers don't have to farm in the dark. Okay. Anyway, now that we've got that fun history lesson out of the way, let's talk about the effect it has on all of us. Long story short, we're in such a funk after we spring forward because we don't get enough sleep. Yes, even if it's just a night or two. I've already mentioned the traffic accidents and the heart attacks that can occur as a result of less sleep, but having even one night of not getting enough sleep, and if you're curious, enough is seven to nine hours on average for adults, but not getting enough sleep can make you feel hungrier than usual, it can decrease your focus, it can make you more likely to catch a cold, and it can hurt your productivity. That's a lot, (laughs) and it can have quite a ripple effect. A lot of advice around adjusting to the start of daylight savings time involves tweaking your sleeping and waking times leading up to the shift. 
The most common is that you're recommended to start going to bed 15 minutes earlier every night for four nights leading up to the time change. And then if you have kids with sleeping schedules, you can start adjusting their schedules too so the time change is less jarring for them. But what if you totally missed that boat already like I did? (laughs) Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Here are three simple ways to help your body adjust to losing an hour to daylight savings time. And a lot of these tips can be applied to travel across time zones as well. First, go outside, especially in the morning. Natural light is a driving force behind our internal clocks, also known as our circadian rhythm. Getting some sun in the morning can help us feel more alert when we haven't gotten enough sleep. If you work from home, you might not have a commute that gets you out the door and into the sunshine, so consider going for a walk, driving to pick up coffee or running a quick errand, or if the weather isn't great, just open your front door and stand there for a little while to take in some of the natural light. Even if it's gloomy, you can still get some of the benefits of natural light exposure. Here's the science behind it. Natural light suppresses melatonin, and melatonin is the hormone that's released in the evening that helps us feel tired and ready for bed. So natural light can serve almost like a dam that holds back the melatonin from spilling out too soon. So head outside, get some sunlight. There's a funny meme I came across recently that said, drink water, get sunlight. You're basically a plant with more complicated emotions. And speaking of water, that brings me to the second tip for helping yourself adjust. 
and that's to watch the coffee or the Diet Coke or whatever your caffeine of choice is. And if you don't do caffeine, then that's awesome. Just make sure to drink water since being hydrated can fight fatigue. But if you, like me, are a big fan of coffee, I'm going to encourage you to stick with your usual coffee order. When we wake up after a night of not so great sleep, it can be super tempting to get a venti instead of your usual grande or add in an extra shot. The problem is your body isn't used to the extra caffeine and there's a really big possibility that instead of feeling alert and awake, instead you'll just feel hyped up and jittery. There's definitely a law of diminishing returns when it comes to caffeination, and if you accidentally overdo it and cross the line, it's nearly impossible to focus. Plus, coffee is dehydrating, and dehydration can cause fatigue. So stick to your usual and ask for a cup of ice water with your order. Like I mentioned a second ago, being hydrated helps fight fatigue, and plus, getting up to go to the bathroom every 30 minutes when you're drinking tons of water is another great way to stay awake and get your steps in. <laughs> the last thing I want to mention here on the topic of caffeine is that studies have shown that when you drink caffeine within six hours of your bedtime, it can disrupt your sleep cycle. So I encourage you to set a caffeine deadline for yourself and stick to it. Six hours before bedtime is a good place to start or stop. But you might find that you need to limit your caffeine earlier in the day. I know that my sweet spot for an afternoon cup of coffee is right around 2 o'clock to 2.15, and I never start a cup of coffee after 3 p.m. if I want to get a good night's sleep. All right, tip number three for adjusting to the time change is to take a power nap. But first, let me define a power nap, or a quick nap, or a cat nap. 20 minutes or less, that's it. We're not talking about getting cozy under the covers for a two hour long sleep session in the middle of the afternoon. You're almost always going to wake up feeling groggy if you go that route. Instead, if you've got some space between meetings and the afternoon slump is feeling even slumpier than usual, try this. Set an alarm for 25 minutes. Supposedly, it takes an average of seven minutes to fall asleep, which I personally think is BS because it always takes me way longer to fall asleep than seven minutes, but whatever, people say it takes an average of seven minutes to fall asleep. So set an alarm for 25. Close your eyes, and when the alarm goes off, get up. And even though in step two, I told you not to overdo it on the coffee, I'm going to add in another step to this power nap if you're game. To really take a next level power nap, called a nappuccino, drink a cup of coffee, and then set your alarm for 25 minutes and close your eyes. I learned about this in Daniel Pink's book, When the Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. And it sounds crazy, but apparently it's amazing. I've, I've actually never tried this. I probably should. So it takes approximately seven minutes to fall asleep. And the ideal nap is about 20 minutes in order to wake up feeling refreshed. Plus, it takes caffeine about 25 minutes to kick in. So drinking a cup of coffee, setting your alarm for 25 minutes to take a power nap is like a double whammy. You wake up feeling refreshed from the nap and alert from the coffee. My friend Ashley says that she used to do this all the time back when she traveled for work and would jump in um, an Uber, drink a cup of coffee, take a quick cat nap, and then wake up at her destination feeling refreshed. I think some people call it a Miss America nap. Um, but anyway, while these three tips are helpful for adjusting to the time change, they're no substitute for having good sleep hygiene in general. 
So what exactly is sleep hygiene? When I hear the word hygiene, I always think of the dentist's office, so we'll use that as a comparison. Having good dental hygiene involves brushing your teeth daily, flossing, and getting your teeth cleaned at the dentist's office twice a year. When you practice good dental hygiene, you're helping to take care of your teeth for the long term. So let's think about what sleep hygiene is. Sleep hygiene includes the actions you can take to improve your sleep. That includes things that help you go to sleep, stay asleep, and sleep soundly. Examples include limited caffeine before bed. I mentioned that one earlier. Limiting alcohol before bed. Not exercising within two hours of going to bed. Creating calming rituals that help you relax and transition to sleep. And creating an environment that supports good sleep. That could include using blackout curtains or a sleep mask to block incoming light, using a sound machine, keeping your room cool, or even getting a new mattress. When you practice good sleep hygiene on a regular basis, such as by having a consistent bedtime routine, when things like daylight savings time or travel across time zones happen, you've got a plan to fall back on, and you know yourself and your circadian rhythm well enough to bounce back quickly. So there you have it. Adjusting to the time change is rough, but there are a few simple things you can do to help yourself make the switch, even if you weren't able to prep beforehand. By getting some sunlight, sticking to your usual caffeine routine, and taking a power nap, you can help yourself stay a bit more alert despite a shorter night's sleep. And finally, remember that while these tips can help you adjust to the time change, they're no substitute for practicing good sleep hygiene on a regular basis. I'd love to know if you have any sleep tips. Do you use a sleep mask? Do you have a go-to sound machine? Head over to the It's About Time podcast community on Facebook and let us know. You can find it in the show notes or by going straight to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community. As always, all of the details from today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 116. And while you're there, don't forget to grab your seat to the Spring Reset on March 27th in Baton Rouge. Think brunch with your besties meets being your best self. Before we go, let me tell you a little bit about next week's episode, episode 117. This week, we talked about adjusting to the time change and what it means to have good sleep hygiene. Next week, we're shifting gears from nighttime to morning, and we'll dive into whether it's possible to become a morning person. I can't wait to dive into this frequently asked question with you, so be sure to tune in. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.